Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let the stream breathe just for a couple of seconds. We got to get the beautiful green check marks across all five of our streaming platforms. I got four. Hold on. Bear with me one second. Something's going on here. And let's see. We get Facebook. Fingers crossed. All right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, my co-host, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. And today, Zach, we're going to have to exercise some demons because Broncos country is a fire Because of something Von Miller said or didn't say. We'll get to that here in just a few minutes. But welcome back to uh, action, back to the microphone, as it were. Zach, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing pretty well. I always miss the Tuesday pod chat. There's always seemed to be something that comes out um, when we don't podcast. And yesterday was no exception, the Mike Purcell extension. But I've been happy to, you know, I've been waiting to go over that with you and talk about more Broncos news. And Drew Locke back at practice before the Mm -hmm. Patriots game. A lot to go over tonight. Very excited. A lot indeed. The implications of the Drew Locke returning to practice storyline. Is it gamesmanship? Is it legit? Is he truly on track to play? We're going to get to all that. First, though, we might as well, since you broached it, we missed yesterday. Mike Purcell gets, what was it, three years, $14.68 million, And it basically averages out to just under $5 million per year under contract through 2023. I viewed it as a very... <sighs> solid deal. You got him locked down. He's your run stuffing nose guy. You took care of a, I wouldn't exactly call him homegrown, but an up and coming guy took care of business. All right. Next. Right. I, hashtag pay Shelby. I, I do like the fact that Mike Purcell got paid. He deserves it. And you saw yes. the Packers. I believe it was uh, uh, Kenny Clark got a massive contract. I think he reset the, the nose tackle market. He's been a revelation for the Broncos run defense. When they put him in last year in 2019, it was a instant night and day turnaround. You need those guys in the trenches, but he's not going to really take over any games. He's not going to impact games like a Shelby Harris would or like a Jarrell Casey would have. So it's a great extension for a good, hardworking player but they have more fish to fry and taking care of their other real homegrown guys as well. Yeah. I mean, the first thing like you that occurred to me when I saw it flash across the screen, the newswire, so to speak is man, what does Shelby Harris have to do to get a freaking extension, dude? Like who did he piss off at Dove Valley? I mean, obviously he's not asking for the world because he did come back on a one-year deal 
three million bucks, whatever it ended up being that that he accepted to return to Denver. So I would guess, Zach, that Shelby Harris, you know, with his pride perhaps a little bit wounded, that he didn't get the eleven million per year on a multi-year uh, uh, free agent deal that like the spot tracks and the over the caps of the world that were were projecting. But nevertheless, I would still think Zach that he would be amenable to accepting some kind of deal that on one hand rewards him for his contributions and what he can continue to contribute as time goes on. And also the Broncos wouldn't exactly have to break the bank. I could see him going the other way as well. I mean, you're talking about a former Raiders cast off and yeah, the Broncos gave him his chance and he's been thriving, but they also didn't sign him to a multi-year extension. They didn't show the commitment to him, like they didn't show the commitment to Justin Simmons or Philip Lindsay. He's going to get paid Shelby Harris. He knows that it's going to be a, a normal off season in 2021. He can make visits. He'll get more offers. Based on the way he's playing so far, whether it's from the Broncos or not, Harris will get paid. I hope it's by Denver, but that's a good player that you prefer to keep around because unlike Mike Purcell, Shelby Harris can change the complexity of the game in a heartbeat. So we have a really interesting question coming in on Super Chat from Dion Rodriguez that's going to kick off the main topics of tonight's show. But first, And we're going to get to that, including... Vaughn, including Drew Locke. We're going to get to all that, what's shaping up with the New England Patriots game. But first, guys, we got to take care of, you know how we do it here. We got to take care of a couple of really quick matters of business. Yes, tonight's live stream podcast is brought to you by sportsbetting.com. Broncos country. Gambling is now legal in the state of Colorado. And here's what makes sportsbetting.com a no-brainer for sports fans. First of all, sharp odds and low juice. They have in-house bookmakers. They're not a third-party provider of odds. Reduced juice. Best prices. Second of all, hassle-free bonuses. One-time rollover means the bonus money is yours after you bet it one time as opposed to other sites, which range from five to 30 times. Finally, 24-7 live customer support. Always a real person in the U.S., never a robot. But here's the kicker. At sportsbetting.com, you can get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to $500. Not just one bet, but all of your bets. Play for a week, and if your losses exceed your winnings at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com will cover 100% of the differences up to $500 with a one-time rollover. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle and capitalize on a risk free week of sports betting up to $500. Love sportsbetting.com. Shout out to them for sponsoring the Huddle Up podcast and what we're doing here at MHH. Much love to them. And again, guys, no brainer, as Zach said. All right, a couple other quick matters to get to, and then we're diving right into what's on y'all's mind. Promise. Really quick, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. While you're at it, follow the main account, at Mile High Huddle. If you have those two accounts followed and checked on Twitter, you're not going to miss anything as it relates to the podcast or breaking Broncos news and analysis. Gentle reminder to check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get yourself a MHH trucker hat. Get a football priest hat. Get a football priest t-shirt. little something for everybody. Boys, girls, men, uh, women, whatever. Find it. There's there's uh, the mugs, as you can see as well, behind me here. So, if you're in a position to patronize the merch store, we really appreciate it. It's another way to support what we're doing here. If you're not, it's all good. Each and every one of you can do these three things. So first and foremost, subscribe, especially on YouTube. Second, like this video. Also crucial if you're watching with us either live or after the fact on YouTube and on Facebook. And then here's the best thing you can do. If you think Zach and I 
are doing a good job for you covering this team, bringing you the issues, breaking them down for the for Broncos country on a day-to-day basis. The best thing you can do is number three, share it out there. Help MHH, help the Huddle Up podcast continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. And then last thing, shout out to our Facebook supporters. We love you guys. Our Facebook community continues to grow exponentially. If you would like to support MHH, become an official Facebook supporter, just go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll see the big blue button to become a supporter. Shout out to you guys. Mile High Salute. We love you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Broncos country, listen up. Coors Seltzer isn't your average seltzer. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand that was inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Coors Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. So whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Seltzer, you're volunteering. Listen, gang, our waterways are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up. Through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Here's how it works. Each pack of Coors Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. And the results? They'll blow your mind. One billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S. And that's just year one. And gang, there are four refreshing flavors, one cool cause. So enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon, lime, and grapefruit. And the specs are in. Coors Seltzer is 4.5% ABV, and it's only 90 calories. And Zach, let me tell you, I've got my eye on that black cherry. Yeah, there's nothing better, Chad. The, the weather's turning. It's getting cooler. It's football season. Nothing better than kicking back with a Coors. I like the mango personally, but they're all pretty good. Nothing better, Chad. Join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply drinking Coors Seltzer. You can become a volunteer and restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Seltzer. You help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. It's that simple. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, Zach. Let's get to this first question, which kicks the door wide open. Oh, no, real quick. All right, Levi wow. got a got a jet. I'm sure he'll be listening afterwards. Awesome profile pick. We love the profile pick, my friend. Thank you so much, very, Levi. Very, very generous super yes. chat. He says, can't catch the show tonight. Got to work. Hope everyone has a great night. Thank you, Levi. Appreciate you. As you well. Thank you, Levi. Support means the world to us, my friend. It really does. All right, let's grab this, this super chat here from Dion. <clears throat> but first, let me just set the stage really quick. 
So today, Vaughn Miller is doing some pretty run-of-the-mill press, a couple of radio hits probably around the around the country, one of which is with 104.3 The Fan doing a – what was it? Um, AA – I don't know, just some, some AARP. I can't remember. Anyway, it's pretty run-of-the-mill radio hit. Of course, they ask him how is how, and it's on the uh, Stokely and Zach show, the afternoon show, the early afternoon show. And of course, they ask him how his recovery is going. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. And, you know, what there's any chance that he might return and what the conditions would be if he were to return and all that stuff. We'll get to all that. But then when it really got interesting was he was asked by Brandon Stokely, which let me remind everybody, Brandon Stokely was his teammate in 2012. They were on the same roster in uh, 2012. So it's not like they're strangers. Brandon Stokely asked him about his future and basically just says, Hey, look, to paraphrase Stokely, he says, look, you've seen other great players, both in Denver and across the NFL, you know, they get a little bit hurt or the team gets a little backed up against the cap or things just aren't perfect. And they'll sometimes be asked to restructure or move some money around, help the team. Is that something you'd be interested or willing or open to talking to the Broncos about? And Vaughn just goes silent. It's like he hung up or he had a phone problem, so they gave him the benefit of the doubt, Zach. And the production guys in the booth got Vaughn back on the phone. And then the question was asked again, this time by Zach By, the co-host. And Vaughn's reply, let me let me grab this here. In fact, you guys got to – I, I want to make sure I get this perfectly correct. Uh, bear with me just one second. I should have had this cued, but I got a little caught, caught up here. All right, so Vaughn Miller says um, – all right, there we go. He says, quote, I don't know what y'all are talking about, right? Kind of irritated. So they're like, okay, doesn't really answer the question. So then co-host Zach Brandon Stokely kind of pokes him again. Same question. And he says, no, I don't even think about that. I just think about how I can get back. That's it. No big deal, right? So far, no big deal. But then after that, Zach, he won't answer a question. The two questions that asked to him uh, directly, one of which is, you know, what's motivating you as you rehab from your ankle? His reply, very short, uh, short, very curt. I don't know. You're like, okay. Stokely tries to kind of pick up the slack. Hey, man, what do you make of all these injuries that have hit the Broncos this year? I don't know. So they're like, all right, dude, this guy's pissed. He's, he wants to get off the phone. So they they basically let him go. But that brings up this super chat here by Dion who says, and thank you for the super chat, Dion. Thank you, Dion. The question to Vaughn on the fan wasn't really a rude question, which I agree with. It wasn't. You got to expect you're going to get that question if you're Vaughn Miller. I understand it's Vaughn, but I was a little disappointed with how he acted. It was a tad bit childish. Personally, I lost a little bit of respect for Vaughn. Nah. Zach, I think that's probably a pretty common reaction to the way he did comport himself. But what was your reaction to the way that whole thing shook out? I wouldn't lose respect for Von Miller. I mean, what he's given to the Broncos and the Denver community, all he's done for the charities, I wouldn't lose respect of the way that because he answered one radio question. That was a gotcha question, Chad. That's what it was. I and mean, this is the fan. But let's keep in mind and perspective on on the the source of the controversy here. It's the fan. They're always looking for the, the clickbait or the hot takes, the gotcha questions. He's entitled not to answer it. He was giving them their time or his time on his own. He didn't have to do it. He called into the radio station. I, maybe he was pissed off. Maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe he didn't want to talk about it. it nothing, not, not, I can't even say it. It doesn't always mean something. 
You know, not everything means something is what I'm trying to say here. So Vaughn, yeah, yeah, he didn't want to talk about it, but he's also, Chad, tired of facing these questions. He fell off from a Super Bowl MVP five years ago into now being uh, off the NFL map and being questioned about taking a pay cut, his future in Denver. He's been on a bad team for five years. That's weighed on him. He's been the guy, and um, it just hasn't worked out for him that well. But, but... I wouldn't lose respect for Von Miller. I wouldn't judge his character based on one radio interview. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it, in my opinion, it wasn't ideal. I think a player of Von Miller's reputation and a player of Von Miller's class probably could have anticipated such a question. And because it was really his first public interaction from the time he went incommunicado on injured reserve, he, he probably should have anticipated the question. And, and in anticipating the question, he probably should have had some kind of a reply you know, kind of a rote reply where you answer it without really saying anything uh, queued up and ready to go. But, you know, it's Von Miller. And I think you're right in that there's, it doesn't necessarily mean all that much, although I'm still open to the possibility. I want to discuss it. I think it's more, as you say, a, you know, kind of a stacking on top of each other issues, years and years of lack of team success then he has a down year last season. He still leads the team in sacks, but it's kind of a down year. He starts hearing the criticism, and he knows it. He's even said he, he, didn't, he wasn't happy with his 2019 campaign. But then he's all geared up. He puts on weight. He's ready to get back to work and have an even better 2020 campaign. There's some momentum. you got the young quarterback, Vic Fangio, heading into year two, and then, of course, the injury, and then compounding that continued injuries, and the team's not winning. And it just all adds up. But I, so I don't blame him for maybe waking up on the wrong side of the bed today or even being irritated by the question. I really don't blame him for that. What I blame him for, if I blame him for anything, is just simply having a little bit more presence of mind to because here's how he could have answered that, Zach. Here's just an example. This is just Chad Jensen off the cuff, okay? Hey, Vaughn, if the Broncos end up asking you to restructure some money in 2021, is that something you'd be open to? Hey, you know what, guys? Right now, I'm purely focused on getting back. That's it. Right now I'm focused on my, on my rehab. I'm focused on getting back to my teammates as quickly as I can. Boom. Done. Oh, well, and if they poke at me and they say, well, well, yeah, but what if they come knocking? Hey man, that's not something that's really on my docket right now. So, you know, I think he could handle it that way. Instead, he turns it into a story. Now it's magnified. Now it's an actual, now it goes from something on the back of people's minds in Broncos country and Denver media to forefront. You know what I'm saying? But, Chad, he gave those answers like you just gave for five years now. I mean, how many times can he repeat the same thing? How many times can he be the bigger man when he's faced with these hot take questions? I'm far from a player apologist, but these guys are human beings, too. He might have had something go on with his his life today. He might have, you know, stubbed his toe waking up in the morning. It, it happens to people. He might have been in a bad mood. But he's still Von Miller, and he doesn't want to address questions after what he worked to come back from last year. He's in the best shape of his life. He, he beat the virus, Chad. He was primed for a huge season. Then he's out for probably the year with a freak injury. I'd be pissed off, too. I wouldn't want to get on the radio and give up my time and be grilled about taking a pay cut when I brought the Broncos a championship almost single-handedly. I know it's five years ago. That's an eternity to NFL time, but... I wouldn't judge him based on the the context and the framing of one singular interview. When, like you said, he probably gave multiple today. He wasn't pissed off in any either of those. So I, I'm more on on his side with this. They could have worded that or broached the subject a little more carefully. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling. 
there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Industry leading. Difference making. Tomorrow shaping. World changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte. I think obviously, though, it's a sensitive issue. I think Vaughn showed, if anything, today that it's a sensitive issue for him. And so I think it's worth our time on this podcast to analyze why it might be a sensitive issue. All right, let's let's think about it, because if the Denver Broncos and when the injury happened, we broached the subject on this very podcast like, hey, man, it's not very auspicious. He's in his age 31 season. It's his 10th year in the league. And then for this to happen basically right on the doorstep of the next offseason in which we know that the salary cap is going to be less. We don't know exactly how bad. It can't go any lower than $175 million next year. But we know some changes, I wouldn't say are imminent, but we can anticipate them to some degree. And when you start looking at changes and looking at players who <clears throat> you could come to to you know, ask to not necessarily take a haircut, but move some money around, you know, hey, we'll give you an extension Let's convert some money into signing bonuses. Let's lower the cap number. Let's do something. Von Miller stands, especially in light of the injury, he emerges as the number one candidate for it. I mean, let's face it. So it doesn't mean it's going to happen. And that's not what I'm necessarily saying. I'm not making that a bold prediction. But if the Broncos, Zach, if they're whipping out the ledger and they're looking at the cap and they're looking at people they could come talk to, you know, next year is a contract year for Von Miller. It's the final year of his deal. He's coming off an injured season. He's coming off an injured season that was coming off a down year. So I could see it happening, which is why I think Vaughn can also see it, the writing on the wall as it in potential as well, which is why he's perhaps a little sensitive. It might be one of those things where if, if something rubs you the wrong way and someone says something, there's some truth to it. It's just one of your defense mechanisms. There's some truth to it, so you're trying to kind of deflect. But it's also, in my opinion, a tone-deaf question in these times when people are out of jobs and losing money in the economies. What it is right now, you're asking a guy who's given his all to the Broncos. They didn't, you know, he didn't rob them. He didn't hold a gun to their head, making him give him that contract. And he he signed it and he made good on it for a few years. And asking him if he wants to give up his money in a time where there's so much uncertainty in the NFL and the world and in people to people's lives. I just think it wasn't the question uh, the fans should have asked in that context. There's a different way to word it, and there's always a time and a place for it, Jeff. See, um, I get what you're saying, but I I don't in any way, shape, or form feel like the fan asked a question of Von Miller today that was out of bounds. I mean, the way you know, they asked, not what they asked. Maybe. I mean, maybe you can pick niche, but Von is, I guess the takeaway here is just simply that Von is sensitive to that topic and it turned into a bigger story than, you know, it was when he woke up today. It's now a much bigger story than, right. than it was. And we'll continue to break it down, guys. Let's grab a few super chats, Zach, that have stacked up including from Big KP, Kevin Peterson in the house. Love you, buddy. He says, hey, fam, can't stick around. Pivotal Yankees game. Love y'all. Watch the tape 
uh, we'll watch the tape tomorrow. Right on, buddy. Appreciate the support. As always, thanks for checking in with us. Uh, let's grab also the man we all know and love as Zeus. Zeus. Zeus in the house. Come on, on down from MHH Mount Rushmore. Thank you, sir. To uh, break it all down with this great question. And we love the support. Thank you, Stu. He says, hi, all. Any word on how Drew Locke is coming along? Will he play game six? I think he's, I think he's t- saying game five. Uh, which is, of course, this next game, week five, against the New England Patriots. Zach, it's interesting because you and I were off yesterday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but I did write about the subject at milehighhuddle.com because Tuesday represented day one, the first practice anyway, ahead of week five. All right? So the way it you got to kind of understand this, roll with me for just a second. Unlike, I think, most teams – most teams, they have practice first, then they give their players media availability. But lately in Denver, it's actually been the opposite. The media availability happens first, then they practice. Well, we didn't get to hear from Fangio yesterday. We heard from three players, and then the Broncos had practice, and turns out, no Drew Lock. Drew Lock is watching on the sideline, not even limited, not even working individual. He's not practicing. So as I relay that information to the audience at milehighhuddle.com, I'm saying, look, that's not an auspicious start because to the week in terms of his prospects of, of actually starting because what we know about Vic Fangio is that when it comes to injured players, he errs on the side of caution, especially if, Zach, that player, just like last week with Philip Lindsay, if that player is, is healthy by all you know intents and purposes – but was unable to participate fully in that week's preparation and practice leading up to the game, he errs on the side of sitting him one more game. So I'm thinking, oh, man, no Drew Locke? Oh, not looking good for week five. It's going to be Brett Rippon again. Well, Zach, then we wake up today, and there's a tweet from Mike Kliss saying that uh, Locke has been throwing. He's feeling good. He's progressing. And then Fangio lets us know today before practice that he will be practicing today on Wednesday. He did. Limited. What's your take and your answer for, for Zeus here? Sounds like things are coming along okay, but what's your take? I'm right there with Michael. Don't rush Locke back too soon. This I don't believe the Broncos ever intended for Locke's return to be against New England on the road. With his shoulder, it might not be 100%, even 99%. I wouldn't throw him out there against Bill Belichick. Coming off a loss, the Patriots, you never want to face them and their wrath. Uh, week six against the Dolphins at home in Denver is a much more realistic and better matchup for Drew Locke. So it might be conservative on my part, but you're not facing Cam Newton. You're facing a diminished Patriots team that can be beaten. The the, uh, the Chiefs showed that on Monday night. You're, you you can come in, you can run the ball, play good defense, and anything can happen. I would let Locke sit one more week, go to war with Brett Rippon. You proved literally you can win with him. I know it's the Jets. I know the Patriots are not the Jets, but they are beatable. You play good defense. You run the ball down their throat. You keep their offense off the field. You can escape Gillette, Chad, with a victory. But if you throw Locke in there, he's on 100%. He takes one bad shot, and his career could be in jeopardy, not just this season. So I'm erring on the side of caution. It's on a punter. It's on a defensive lineman. It's on a receiver. This is your franchise quarterback, potential franchise quarterback. One more week is not going to kill you. My take is... As I wrote last week, you know, Bronk, and you guys probably even saw the video I did uh, with Kim, the Sports Illustrated video that, hey, man, if there's any doubt, err on the side of caution and live to fight next week against Miami. My caveat to that, Zach, is if he's throwing, like, here's the thing. I guarantee he threw yesterday. He just didn't throw during practice. And they waited this morning to see how his shoulder felt when he woke up. How did it feel? Oh, the buzz comes out. 
Chris gets the text from whoever his source is. Hey, things are going good with Drew, by the way. He's been throwing Elway. because he probably woke up this morning and he felt okay. So, all right, let's let's drip feed him back into the to the rotation here. He throws today in practice, limited participant and whatnot. If he goes on through Thursday and he's unencumbered and he wakes up Sunday, good to go, I'm, and he doesn't feel any pain, no restriction, and I'm okay with him playing. But here's the thing, Zach, regardless of whether or not he does play, Fangio's doing the right thing in saying, look, we don't know. Right. Kind of putting Brett Rippon out there yeah. with, with the media still. Agreed. You're forcing Bill Belichick to have to base it. And it's you know not maybe uh, the worst uh, burden or obstacle to overcome because it's two young quarterbacks, really how, how, how many bases do you need to cover if you're Bill Belichick? But still, you're having to basically game plan for two eventualities, and it's probably going to end up still being Brett Rippon. Dave from Georgia jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you in the stream, by the way, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Hey guys, which is a more realistic return date for Locke versus Miami or versus KC? I mean, I think he's definitely not going to be out as long as KC. Um, it's it, The worst-case scenario is Miami. But, Zach, here's the thing. They chose not to put him on injured reserve after week two for a reason, and the reason was they felt like he could come back this week. If they would have put him on injured reserve, he would have had to have missed week three against the Bucks. Right. That's gone. Week uh, four against the Jets, that's gone. And then this week, and then he could have come back next week. So – they were hopeful they could get him back this week. So I think the team's going to push the envelope within reason, but they do have to be careful not to push it too hard. You can argue that Belichick has to prepare for three quarterbacks, including Blake Bortles, because even Fangio admitted he might play two quarterbacks in the same game, Driscoll and Rippon. So I know it's Belichick. He doesn't have to really prepare for much with a quarterback like Brett Rippon being so limited. In terms of Locke, He's going to say he wants to go. He's going to say, I want to play. He's not going to say anything otherwise. I'm going to trust the doctors, the training staff. If they think, and that's that's a tenuous belief, trusting the Broncos training staff, but if they think he's ready to go, if his shoulder is literally 110%, if they think he can withstand a hit and a hit and a hit and a sack and a sack, hopefully not, I would consider it. But I was just, this is your franchise quarterback, potentially. There are concerns of him being injury prone, or at least whatever. Uh, weak is, is the common trope for whatever reason. I would not throw him out there to be the sacrificial lamb, potentially, against Bill Belichick. I think Miami is a much softer landing spot for a guy coming off a throwing shoulder injury. It's not even his left shoulder. It's his right shoulder. I'm safer than sorry with number three. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I want to take a look really, really quick. I'll be honest with you. I haven't been watching as, as much New England Patriots tape this year. Uh, as I might normally, even with them being on the schedule. But I want to look really quick here, and I'll do I'll do a share screen as we grab this super chat from Tom. Thank you, Tom. Good to see you, my friend. Thank Up you, there, uh, a Canadian listener, north of the 49th parallel. It's good to see you, my friend. Thank you. He says, I don't think Locke's injuries is, was as bad as people think. You got to play him if he's ready. And I agree with you. If he's ready, then play him. But if there's any doubt, then just wait one more game. Just, but you know, the unfortunate thing is, Zach, is it's football, it's and it's life. There's no way to be perfectly certain that he's going to be good to go at a certain point, whether it's this week or next next week. You're going to have to take the bubble wrap off of him and play him. Let's take a quick look here at the New England Patriots defense. All right, as you can see here uh, on the right hand column are are the Patriots numbers, and I'm going to blow this up so you guys can. Hopefully see this and make it out okay here. All right, so net yards per game. The Patriots so far have been stingy. They're top 10. They're only giving up 349 yards per game. Yards per play, though, they're actually one of the worst teams in the league, bottom third. Points per game, they're tied for eighth. They're giving up 23 on average. Rushing yards, they're middle of the pack, Zach. They're giving up 17 or uh, 115 yards per game, which is good for 17th in the league. A pa- as a passing defense, though, they are ranked top 10. They're only giving up 233 a game. They picked up four passes, which is tied for the sixth most. They've recovered four fumbles, which is tied for the fourth most. So they've been opportunistic with regard to takeaways. That's something to keep an eye on. Sacks, though, Zach, here's where it kind of comes back to the Drew Locke issue. You've got DeMar Dotson in at right tackle. You've got Garrett Bowles playing good ball. The New England Patriots have not been able to manufacture that great of a pass rush Uh, Six total sacks. How does that influence your thinking or does it at all? Well, these are not your father's Patriots. This is a diminished Patriots team with or without Tom Brady. And let's not forget, they're probably not going to have Stephon Gilmore this Sunday. I mean, he tested positive or whatever the case may be. He came in contact with an infected player and he's on the, the CV list right now. There's a really good likelihood Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore, their best offensive player and their best defensive player are out for this matchup. So instead of going into a shell against New England, I'm attacking that defense. I'm attacking that offense. I'm coming in with the same ferocity as I came in uh, against the New York Jets. I am treating them like the Jets. They are a beatable opponent. Let's not put the Patriots on a pedestal anymore, Chet. These are not the, the mid-2000s Patriots. This is a new era New England team, and they are, they're two and two for a reason. They are 100% beatable. Not saying the Broncos are going to win, but they can win this game. I'm going to stuff it down their throat, running the ball. I'm going to come after Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer, two terrible quarterbacks who Brett Rippon is both better than, and I'm going to take my chances with my personnel, even in a hostile environment on the road. 
I want to grab this. We got a segue just for a second because the topic of Von Miller is still very much on front of brain here for Broncos country. Uh, Sergeant for SG four owl, Sarge four owl. Anyway, on Twitter. Thanks for listening my friend. Thank you. He said Stokely does this all the time with our players. You don't ask these types of questions. I really don't see that question in my personal opinion as being out of bounds in any way, shape or form. Appreciate the comment. Appreciate the question. Zach, let's grab this super chat from Jeff C. Uh, Thank bona fide you, superstar. Appreciate you, Doc. He says, Vaughn did give cryptic tweets after the fact, too. Off topic, thoughts on KJ Hamler, since Tim Patrick is playing well, and KJ seems injury prone. Hashtag Vaughn will be back. So let's talk about the, the tweets. Uh, the tweet I saw, Zach, from Vaughn Miller, and I can double check to see if there was anything else was this, quote, I'm not worried about nothing else but getting better each day so I can be back on the field with my guys. Close quote. That's what he tweeted. Here's what he said after the interview. Okay. Here here is what uh, Vaughn told Stokely and Zach with regard to, hey, so if you are going to try and make a comeback this year, what are any unique conditions? Does it have to be the team is competitive for the playoffs or, you know, whatever? Here's his answer, and then I'm going to serve this over to you. This is Miller, quote, I want to go to the playoffs. I still want to have the chance to go to the Super Bowl and do all those great things. But at this point, if I can play, I'm going to play. If I'm healthy enough to play, I'm going to play. If we're going to the playoffs and it's not all the way there, it's about 60%, I'm going to play. If it's hurting me, talking about his injury, and it's not smart to play, I won't play. Wherever my body is, it doesn't matter if we're going to the playoffs or not. If I can play, if I can come back and help my team win, if I can come back and be around the guys, be involved, show the world what I've been working on, I'm going to play. If I'm healthy enough to play, I'm going to play regardless of the playoffs or not. Closed quote. So, Zach, as you can – and this was before things got awkward That that for what it's worth in terms of the scope of the conversation. He's still very much intent on trying to get back if, you know, father time allows his injury to recover. That first tweet didn't come after the awkward interview, though. It wasn't after that phone call ended. It was no, the tweet, the tweet did come after the conversation. Okay, so what he's saying in that tweet is, I don't, I don't care about any of the outside noise. I don't care about any of that static. I don't care about these hot take artists. I don't care about the fan. I don't care about the drive. I don't care about anything but playing football in Denver or not. He is so starved. I'm not saying he wants to break away from the Broncos, but this is a true football lifer. He eats, sleeps, and breathes football. He was on the top of the mountain, and now he's well off the NFL map. This is a guy starving and thirsty and dehydrated for NFL success to be relevant again, not just him, but his team as well. He wants to play in a playoff game. He wants to win more championships. He wants to be relevant. He wants to use his skills and his future Hall of Fame ability for good, not to sit on the sideline, not to take phone calls with, with Zach and Stokely. He, he wants to play football. So how could you not love that passion? How could you not love his intention? I understand what he's saying, but again, he's a human being. And if he was ticked off by that comment, he's allowed to express that. It's his own personal Twitter account. But he is your franchise player. He is your cornerstone. I'm not going to upset the Alba cart with my future Hall of Fame pass rusher over a an insensitive, I think, phone call with two gotcha reporters. He did tweet this after the fact as well. And it's a it's an animated image of LeBron, and it says, "Be human, be better." And I think that we can't ignore the timing of that. It might be in regard Shade. to something 
it might be in regards to something um, LeBron has said in to maybe today or in recent past. I don't know. But I think there's a reason why Vaughn decided to put it there at that point, too. Obviously, his, he's trying to say, hey, man, that wasn't cool. Why'd God ask me that? I'm trying to rehab off of an injury, and you're asking me about the future. Christy says, the question was not out of bounds. The timing and and the uh, and way it was said is right. He, he's not Juwan James. He didn't. He didn't decide to sit out the season. He's not playing because of a freak injury. It's not. He doesn't have another down season. And they're asking him to take a pay cut. He's out of the game right now. He's rehabbing a serious injury that he worked very hard to come back from last year off a down year, and only to step wrong one way, one step at the end of practice and have it torpedo not only his season but the Broncos season. So yeah, the, the timing, the way they worded it, the context in which they went about it, Chad. You and I handle interviews you and I ask questions we do it for a living I just don't think I put myself in their shoes if I had Von Miller on the show would I have worded it that way I probably would have maybe handed around the subject knowing me but I wouldn't have worded it so directly and been on top of him after his phone hung up and you got him back on the on the horn and you're still grilling him like come on guys yeah I think that was part of it too for what it's worth I think Vaughn's irritation was only magnified and doubled down when they didn't take the hint. You know, he didn't answer the question and kind of made it seem like he lost the connection and then they had to get him back on the phone and then they asked the question again. And so I think the fact that they then asked it the third time, and that's the one thing that I'll, I'll, I'll agree 100% with you on on this. They kept peppering him with the question. They wouldn't just take what he said. Drop it. Just drop again, it. The first thing really quick, just to review, because I know a lot of people are hopping in on this stream halfway through. The first question was asked and he disappeared. He didn't answer. It's like the connection cut off. So they got him back on. It was asked again in a slightly different way. And he replied, I don't know what y'all are talking about. As if to say, obviously, move on next. You know, this is not territory I want to spend any time in. And then again, Stokely comes back with the question for the third time. And then he says, still, he's in his response there, he still keeps it pro. He says, no, I don't even think about that. I'm just thinking how I can get back. That's it. But obviously that third time around, it really got to him because from then on out, each question he was asked, which was only two more questions, he replied very curtly with, I don't know. Let's grab Aaron Lynch jumping in. He said, appreciate you, Aaron. Good to see you, my, my, uh, my friend. Are you still fishing? I'm wondering off the coast of Alaska. Anyway, I think Vaughn isn't wrong in his response. He's been aces in interviews since he's been in Denver. Denver yes, has been exactly. building – since 2015, whether they acknowledge it or not, the man just wants to win. Yes, Aaron. So preach. He's he's echoing your uh, your thoughts, Zach. Well, let me just you know I was thinking of this, and it came to me from my former life as a Jets observer. If you want to see how a player should not handle a radio interview, YouTube it right now or after the podcast. Mike Francesa and uh, Darrell Revis. They went, they they screamed at each other to the point that the Jets PR guy had to get on the phone and kind of calm them down. That's not how you handle a contract related question. How Vaughn handled it, I don't want to talk. My phone died. I don't want to talk about it really. I, I don't know, really know yet. So much uncertainty. And they ask again, Chad, if that was you, if that was me, it, we're just ordinary people. If someone asks a question three times in a row and we don't want to talk about it, we would get annoyed too. But because he's Von Miller, he's amplified. He gets the negative backlash because the hosts who are asking that question, who are prodding him, are framing it their way. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him for being irritated. I don't. I really don't. I don't blame him for being a human being and having an emotion in the moment because think about this as well. He 
that you, first of all, you got the disappointment, the crushing disappointment of being told your injury is season ending, right? There's a chance, but it's a snowballs in HE double hockey sticks that you can make it back. But, you know, basically you're 31, year 10, you just busted your butt. You beat the word that shall go unmentioned in the offseason. You put on a bunch of weight. You came back ready to rock and roll. And then this freak thing happened. So there's that crushing disappointment. He talked about the fact that because he's got, he's has to keep his ankle elevated and up, he's not been able to be around the guys. And until he can get that into a boot and walk around, he's not going to be able to. So then you put in isolation, perhaps. I wouldn't be surprised. This is just me spitballing. All right. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, flirting, just, just depressing type emotions. I'm not saying depressed Von Miller, but the, the type of depressing things that are happening around him with his life right now, with his career. And then Again, as I talked about earlier in the show, he's smart enough to recognize that if the stars align and the Broncos do need some wiggle room on the cap, he's going to be the first guy that they think of. All right. He knows all this stuff. He's not dumb. Right. So then he gets asked the question and all these factors add up. And I don't blame him for being upset, irritated, whatever you want to say. I do question how he handled it at the end. I do question. It. I'm not going to lie. A discount audio coming in. Good to see you, my dog. Thank you. I'm a huge Vaughn fan, but face it. It's a valid question. He got paid $18 million last year for a so-so season, 18 this year, and he's hurt with the cap situation and owners not making the money this year. It's a valid question. So, again, it is valid, but what, what I'll say, Zach, is I think you and many of our uh, audience members here and superstars are not uh, out of bounds to say, you know, if you're going to ask the question, don't repeat it. Don't don't you know? Pound at the wound, scratch at the open wound. Take a hint for yeah. for whatever it's worth. And you know when he answers the question in a very vague way, and just you know move on. Like quit pounding at it. I, I know it's radio, but journalism one hundred and one says not to keep badgering your your interviewee, not to keep badgering your guest, and trying to get some answer out of him that you're just they were looking for a specific answer they wanted from Vaughn. And when he didn't give that to him, they kept pressing it and pressing it and pressing it. And real quick, I want to throw this up. Thank you so much, Facebook user. That's exactly what he said. That The Jets PR guy said, hang up the phone, Darrell. It got to be that <laughs> that's contentious. Right. That it was yeah. a great video. I want to go re-watch re yeah. it myself right now. But that's how you don't handle an interview. And compared to that to Vaughn, Miller was amazing, tremendous. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an open conflict. I mean, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't like yelling and screaming. It was just a very atypical um just atypical of Von Miller. But for Von's standards, yes. For Von's standards. And I think we can all put ourselves in his shoes and understand why he would be irritated and why he might have woke up today, all things considered, maybe not in the best of moods, right? Just with everything going on. Uh Ben Roth, though, let's let's shift gears just for a second. Appreciate the super chat, Thank my you, friend. Ben. Comes back in. He says, I'd rather face Jarrett Stidham than Hoyer this Sunday. Well, I would rather face Hoyer as well. But the thing about Hoyer, Zach, um, if you can get after him, if you can get him in the dirt a few times, he turns into a different guy like this. He starts throwing the ball uh, to you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. get after him and good things will come. I'd rather face either. I, they're both terrible quarterbacks. And after the Broncos face who they face in the first three weeks, Ryan Tannehill, Big Ben, you got Tom Brady. I mean, even Sam Donald last week. I'm not scared of Jared Sidham or uh, Brian Hoare. You stop the running game, you will stop that offense this Sunday. All right, Justin Martin, a name we don't recognize on Super Chat, but welcome. Thank you, Justin. Thank you for your very generous support, my friend. He says, hey, guys, just wanted to say I've been listening for a long time, and I love the podcast. I'm finally on YouTube and excited to get more involved. Awesome. Love it, dude. Really appreciate that. Thank you, that. Justin. Um, 
we see this more and more as time goes on, and we'd love to see it. People who listen in some other way on demand, right? They listen after the fact, and they want to be a part of the conversation live. They want to support what we're doing here at MHH, and they start making sure they're in the live streams. And Justin, you know, Levi Hope, for example, who was in, and then he had to bail early, I believe, today. But he's a good example of that too. A guy that right. listened religiously to every pod, and then figured out, hey, he made he happened to make it a one live show, and we said, hey, man. Here's the schedule. And it's the same every day, guys. 6 p.m. Mountain to 7 p.m. Mountain, seven days a week, you get a Mile High Huddle live stream breaking down the issues and topics of the day. The only caveat and exception to that is game day. On game day, whenever the game ends, that's when you get the, the live stream. And it's Zach and I coming to you with the gut reaction. So thank you, Justin. Good to see you, my friend. Welcome. Um, Cody Potter. I want to talk about a superstar consistent as yes. the day is long. Thank you, thank Cody. Thank you, Cody. Back when Vic Fangio came to Denver, people talked about Miller breaking Bruce Smith's sack record, which for the record is right at 200 sacks. He owns the all-time record in the NFL. When he had a down year in 19, this offseason, he had a Michael Jordan-type attitude, which is true. He talked about being inspired by the uh, Michael Jordan docu ESPN documentary during the lockdown and wanted to prove us wrong. He's just frustrated. And I agree. He's definitely frustrated. That's absolutely evident today. He's been frustrated. I, you've seen this slow boil over the course of, of four or five years since 2015. I mean, the way he's handled his, himself in the media, the way he's handled himself on social media, he's been a half a decade now without playing in a playoff game. He hasn't played on a winning team since, what, 20, 2016. So that's yeah. a long time for a future Hall of Fame talent who's as good as Bruce Smith, his mentor, to break that record. And when you're sitting on the sidelines that long and when you love football that much, you're constantly just – you don't know what to do with yourself. You're sitting there and have to watch and think and think and think, and no man wants to think of himself that long or what his future holds. And when you're asked about it on top of everything else, it just boils over. It's just human frustration. Well, and think about this too. And by the way, Poppy jumping in. Thank you so much, my thank friend. Thank you, Poppy. We, we love you and appreciate your support. She says, just showing some love. Go Broncos. Really appreciate you. you. Think about this, okay? Von Miller, the Broncos win the Super Bowl in 2015. And what are the storylines? The storylines are Von did it single-handedly, right? Peyton Manning was a shell of his former self. Von Miller wrecked the AFC playoffs, wrecked Cam Newton, brought home the third Lombardi on his own, dude. Like it, let's, it was Von. He was a Super Bowl MVP. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, 
changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Then what happens? You learn the hard way through the next four years that all the Von Millers, all the Bradley Chubbs, all the DeMarcus Wares in the world, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't get even close to sniffing a Super Bowl. Period. End of story. And so there's also that cold, hard reality mixed with the frustration of having all those expectations put on you as the guy that brought home the bacon, so to speak, brought home that third Lombardi single-handedly. I mean, that was the, those were the storylines. Those were the tropes. And even to, to this day, in fact, today, as uh, I'm doing running some errands, I pop in on, on uh, local radio. I'm listening. And, you know, they're talking about how Vaughn single-handedly brought home the third Lombardi trophy. And I get that. It feels that way in a general sense. But you saw over the last four years that one Vaughn Miller, as elite and all-time as he is, Zach, it takes a lot more than that to get to where the Broncos were that year in Super Bowl 50. In fact, it took Peyton Manning coming in in the second half of week 17, still banged up, still not 100%, and making a few protection calls at the line of scrimmage, changing some directions of the run, and basically strong-arming the Broncos, overcoming whatever it was. I think they were minus four, minus five against the Chargers that day in turnovers. They still won the game. They still managed to, by virtue of that win, Zach, they had to, they locked down the number one overall seed. And then, of course, the Broncos go on that tear and the defense just destroys all comers in, in the playoffs. But it takes, you know, it's the ultimate team sport. And I guess I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, Zach, but Von Miller has had to real has had to deal with the fact that he can't do it all himself. He's tried. He's tried to be the guy that could will this team to the finish line post Super Bowl 50. But that's why this year was supposed to be different because you finally had the quarterback. And not only the quarterback carousel, but he's had two different head coaches since he hoisted that trophy. Let's not, you know, forget about going through Vance Joseph and then they hired Vic Fangio. And how did Fangio treat Miller upon his hiring? Just he ignored him. He yeah. ghosted him. He treated yeah. him very coldly. So Vaughn had to prove that he's a good player in Fangio's eyes. Then he has a down season on top of that. And then he comes back this year, catches CV, and then steps wrong and is out for the year. Despite all the expectations, despite all for himself and the Broncos, I would be fuming every single day if I was him, forced to sit and watch and listen, especially with the Broncos being what they are right now, Chad. In fact, day one that Vic Fangio was introduced, and by the way, Christy, <laughs> yeah, literally symbolic super chat, waiting patiently. She says, had to. Thank you for your generosity and thank you for everything that you. Thank you, Queen. That's right, the Queen of MHH, what you do for this community. By the way, I did send you an email yesterday on a separate matter. Uh, holler back at your boy when you get a second. On on, We're working on some merch store stuff potentially here. So anyway, get back to me on that, Christy. But getting back to Fangio and Vaughn, that, that dynamic, day one that Fangio was introduced as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, what does he say when asked about Vaughn Miller? I think Vaughn Miller can be even better than he's been <laughs> in his career. Not the okay. way to go about it. 
yeah, low key backhanded compliment, right? And then he did something even similar on the doorstep of this season, right? Uh, I don't remember the exact quote now. I'd have to go back and find it, but it was another backhanded compliment where he basically made it sound like Vaughn wasn't giving it giving it his all last year, and that he's more motivated now this year. And uh, look out, NFL! Basically, he was complimenting Vaughn, but doing so in a backhanded way that which had implications that actually make you question: Does he really feel that that way about Vaughn Miller? What in the heck? And juxtapose those comments with what Fangio said about Bradley Chubb when they drafted him. I mean, or at the year after they drafted him, his first year on the job, Fangio. He was head over heels with Chubb. And it's mm-hmm. like when you're the big brother and your parents have a little brother, a little baby, the, the natural jealousy and the resentment you're going to have towards your younger counterpart. So not only did Vaughn have to come back from a down year, he wanted to show the Broncos that and the NFL world, he's better than his own teammate in Bradley Chubb. So these are all human, normal emotions he's dealing with, football and personal. I can't hold it against Vaughn in the least. John, I'm going to grab a couple questions here from Facebook. We want to make sure our our great Facebook community is getting some of their questions answered on the pod. Leroy jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. Do you think, excuse me, do you think it's a good idea to shuffle the offensive line during the bye week when it comes, which is week eight after the Chiefs game? Like moving Graham Glasgow to center, move Lloyd Cushenberry to the bench, Move Natani Muti to right tackle. That is not going to – he meant right guard in Glasgow's spot. What do you guys think? No, I don't. I think, I think honestly, right now, we talked about this on Monday night show. Zach, right now, the Broncos have their best starting five. Their yeah. best collection of five linemen currently are in the starting lineup. Now you got to give them time to gel. All right? I think there's a there's a plausible argument to be made that one of the reasons why Glasgow has been disappointing – through the first quarter of this season, breaking right 11 million bucks was he was making up and compensating for horrendous right tackle play for three, three of those games. So let's see this collection of starting five build chemistry, create some cohesion, Zach. And I think good things will come. And we'll know this week because a lot of Broncos fans kind of wrote off the offensive line's performance because it was the Jets. Even though they have some talented players in their front seven, if they can be as consistent or you know maybe even a little more consistent with their pressure allowed and the run blocking against the Patriots, then we'll know if it's the best starting five. But you can't rearrange the deck chairs in the Titanic. You know you have to put your best five out there. Muti is too raw. Why would you best bench Cushionberry? He's your best center. You, you can't rearrange and play musical linemen. So the best five are on the field right now. Hopefully Dotson stabilize that. But we'll know Sunday, Chuck. Yeah, I mean Cushionberry has struggled. We've talked about it on the show. Uh, I mean the advanced analytics, the grades and whatnot across the NFL. Take your pick. They haven't been good on Cushionberry. But the bitter truth right now is he's still your best option at center. Who are you going to put in? Austin Schlotman? Schlotman, however you pronounce it. I think it's Schlotman, actually. No, you're going to put in Pat Morris? That was a you-know-what show in training camp. No, you got to ride it out with your rookie that you spend a third-round pick on, fringe first-rounder. Similar topic with Graham Glasgow. When there's instability at any point on the O-line, sure, you would expect a polished proven established vet like Glasgow to not be compromised by less than stellar right tackle play. You would expect him to not have to need that excuse if his play is suffering. But for Glasgow as a rookie, you know, he's, he's dealing with a quarterback carousel. He's dealing with instability on the O-line. Give him more time because again, you don't have a better option to waiting in the wings to step in and take over. Uh, Tim Jones jumping in on Facebook as well. Did you see Shannon Sharp change his mind on lock? praising him before the season to saying that we need a QB now. WTF, 
fair weather. Well, Shannon Sharp's not a fan. He's an alum, right? He's a former uh, player and he's a Hall of Famer. He, you know, he doesn't know the Broncos anything in terms of his opinion. And his opinion is, I think at this stage, Zach, from the sounds of it, and no, Tim, I didn't see that, but from the sounds of it, what you're saying to me is he's kind of being influenced by that panicked feel that suddenly Locke is hurt again, second major injury in his second year, and he's kind of taking it to the you know, extreme logical conclusion of that's it. That's all we need to know. Time to, this isn't going to be the guy. It ain't going to work out. Broncos need to look elsewhere for another quarterback, which we disagree with. Well, let me tell you why he's saying that, because saying the Broncos should ride it out with Drew Locke and just be patient. It doesn't do the the, the ratings. It doesn't do the clicks. This is what Shannon Sharp does. And you're a hundred percent right, Chad. Anyone who still holds him in that esteem of being loyal to the Broncos or even like someone like Peyton Manning, who still holds the Broncos near and dear to him. Shannon Sharp does not do that. He played for them. He cashed his checks from them. And now he's getting them from Fox Sports. He's a hot take artist with Skip Bayless. Nothing more, nothing less. Good player for the Broncos. Hall of Fame tight end, but a clickbait hot take artist right now, present day. Willie jumping in on Super Chat. Thank you, Willie. Thank you, Willie. that we don't recognize on Super Chat. So thank you and welcome, my friend. What are your thoughts on what's going on with the Titans? I hope the league hands out their first forfeit. The Broncos have done a great job so far. Yes, credit to teams like the Broncos and others who have done an excellent job collectively as a both coaching staff and as a roster to keep themselves out of any kind of social situations that give them additional risk to exposure to the word that shall go unmentioned. Zach, something's going on with the Titans. There are individually, so the league and the teams have um, more than just forfeiture. You know, the league can can hand that down ultimately if if it comes down to it, I believe. But there are also penalties that the team can impose if they believe players are doing anything they deem high risk. And that includes, we talked about this uh, during the, during training camp, several points, but things like going to any, you know, going to a restaurant where there's 15 or more people indoors, you don't know, going to even a religious event where there's 15 people or more that you don't know, a house party, a concert under the same conditions. If you do that, even if you don't bring the word that shall go unmentioned into the building, but you're caught in that scenario, the team can sanction you. So far, that hasn't happened with the Broncos for good reason. I think they're all you know on the same page. But what do you think should happen with the Titans? Well, Vic, you know he had that mask in wearing issue, so he didn't want to. He had to come around on wearing that. But uh, you know what this reminds me of? I, I believe it was the Marlins when the, when the MLB MLB season resumed. There was like eleven or twelve of them that tested positive or, or came into contact, and everyone was pearl clutching and hand rigging and, and head grabbing, saying, "Cancel the year, cancel baseball." You know, defund the Miami Marlins. And what happened? The rest of the year got played. It's and we don't even remember it right now. It's going to be the same exact thing with the Titans. Yeah, there's maybe some protocol issues. They should have been on it more. But two months from now, even three weeks from now, we're not going to be talking about this. They're not giving up any games. They're not canceling the season. It's naive to think that, knowing Roger Goodell. I honestly think, and by the way, Alex, we're going to get to your Stefan Gilmore point here in just a minute. I honestly think this is a good opportunity, a good reminder, because to, to all NFL teams, to just double down on your protocols. Because we remarked at multiple points privately. I don't think we talked much about it on on the airwaves, so to speak. But you and I, we talked about it. You know, wow, things are going really good with regard to the word that shall go unmentioned for the NFL. And then all of a sudden, boom, the rash breaks out and it's happening 
Um, that brings up Tom here, his concern with all these cases of players testing positive. Do you think the league will last for the season? Thanks guys. And thank you, Tom. I do. My worst case scenario is look, because someone brought this up to me today and said, don't you think the NFL should have thought farther down uh, the path than they did? And instead of making it a traditional 16-game schedule, they make it, say, 10 or 12 games and then give themselves a four- to six-week window of downtime in case there does need to be rescheduled games and so on and so forth to maintain fairness and competitive balance and all that stuff. Zach, that's the same thing is going to happen. In the case of the teams that might endure these type of situations, they'll get rescheduled and they'll play. The worst thing that's going to happen, Zach, is that the playoffs will get kicked down the road and delayed a little right. bit. They're not going to change. The, I really don't see this as as the breaking point where things are going to turn, roll it all up, cancel the NFL. That's not going to happen. I really don't see that happening. There might be a week 18 if there's more games that have to be put off. There's not going to be any bubbles. There's not going to be any postponements. I mean, the NFL and I'm Goodell's biggest critic. I mean, he hasn't done much right being the commissioner, but I think he's handled this crisis pretty well. And you can only plan for so long. I mean, training camp was smooth. Teams started to travel more. It, it's almost inevitable. You're, you're thousands of people. It's unrealistic to think all of them are going to comply. It's just human nature to break against social norms in certain situations. That being said, though, it's too profitable, even with no fans. It's too popular, even with no fans, even with CV going on, where the NFL and Goodell is not going to pull the plug until they absolutely have to. Until someone like Mahomes test positive or someone really that can impact the game that would hurt the, the NFL where they matter most, and that is their pocketbook. I think even if a Mahomes were to come down, they're not canceling the season. Not the season, well, but... Worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario would be like a two-week bye. Let's let this thing right. pass and reconvene. That's the worst right. case scenario where things get kicked down the road. Uh, I really wouldn't worry about that happening. And again, the silver lining to all this happening now. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate the super chat. He Thanks. says, no questions. Just want to show support. Thanks to you guys. Hashtag Denver Broncos. Hashtag Appreciate you. Being. Love you, buddy. The, the silver lining to this happening to teams like the Titans and the Patriots because you got Cam down. And then, of course, Stefan Gilmore, that was another – in fact, that was the first piece of breaking news when we woke up this morning on Wednesday was that, you know, arguably the best cornerback in football has got the bug and is obviously basically off the board, right? He's not going to play on Sunday because he's got to go through the, the keyword and all that stuff. But the silver lining is this is a good refocus, revisit moment. This is a pivot point for all 32 teams, even if they're not dealing with this as their own issue in terms of an outbreak – Hey, guys, look what's happening in Tennessee. Look what's happening to New England. We don't want to be that team. We don't want that to happen to us. We don't want it to happen to our team. We don't want it to happen to our league. Let's make sure we double down on our efforts to honor the protocols, keep ourselves safe, don't expose ourselves to any unnecessary social scenarios. And that includes, like, going out and picking up takeout. Like, you just have – this is a year, an inordinately odd, bizarre outlier of a year that if you're a professional athlete in the NFL, you know, some of the benefits to being a famous young athlete and a rich one at that or even one that's relatively flush with money, maybe you're making a, rent, a, a league minimum. But still, if I'm 23 years old, I shudder to think, Zach, 23-year-old Chad Jensen with half a million <laughs> bucks sitting in the bank. I mean, but, but those guys, you know, they have to – if they want to stick around this year – they don't want to get sanctions. They don't want to torpedo their team. They have to withstand those temptations and just be smart. And this is a good opportunity for teams to use it as a teachable moment, even if it's not happening to them, to reinforce that. 
or just doubled down on the mask like Belichick did. He wore a neck gaiter and a mask over it. I mean, he was definitely prepared for the virus, Judd. All right, let's grab Aaron jumping back in again. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. High hopes for the season, but the injury bug is more of an injury dragon in Denver. Well said. How do we evaluate a team that's a shell of what they could have, should have been? How do we go into 2021 having benefited from this nightmare? Well, here's the thing is, and people need to keep this in mind, like Zach and I have been saying since week two, Drew Locke did not get hit by a bus, gang. He's coming back. and He's alive. He's breathing. (laughs) Vic Fangio said Friday, before days before the first practice ahead of week five, that Drew Locke was 50-50 to play. He had a reason to say 50-50. I didn't expect it, Zach. I thought he would say something like that about A.J. Bouye, but he ended up saying it about Locke, which tells me he's been throwing a little bit longer than people realize. The signs have been positive. Um, He's coming back. And once he comes back, get back to Aaron's question, this season can take on a whole new complexion, all right, in terms of first and foremost, you can't eliminate the possibility that this team can take on a more competitive uh, complexion with Locke back under center because you now have a dynamic, talented quarterback. Anything's possible, all right? You saw last year. Think about how bad this team was last year. They won three games. They were three and eight. When Drew Locke entered the starting lineup, think how bad that is. Three and eight, and they won, they won four of their final five games. Okay. Now, there's no guarantee that he's going to be able to duplicate that kind of you know dominant run returning off an injury again. But I think there's more reason to believe it's possible that it's a spark that can be sustained than to doubt that it'll happen, even in light of all these injuries. So for now, I'm just not looking that far ahead. I'm focused on the fact that worst-case scenario – the Broncos hold on for dear life for one more game, and then you get Drew Locke back, and then let's see what happens. But barring that, let's say Drew Locke comes back, Zach, and falls on his face or gets hurt again, knock on wood. Just a bad situation if it continues. There is no good way to spin it, Aaron. It's just another wasted season. The only possible silver lining you could find in such a scenario, Zach, is the young guys are having to step up and sing for their supper, and they're having to grow up a lot faster than they might have otherwise been asked to. Chad, 100% word for word, I'm in agreement. You said my long answer. My short answer is ask me again in a couple months. Where will the Broncos be in December, not October? I mean, the the season, I'm not predicting a playoff run, but the season can still change shape from what it is right now. It might be a dream, not a nightmare by the time, you know, December, January rolls around. It's been bad so far. It's been bleak, but one way or another, the good thing is with Locke coming back, we will know for certain whether he is or is not the guy for the future of the Broncos, whether he can be the franchise quarterback or not. So, yes. play, you know, barring playoffs, that is the number one most important thing is knowing one way or the other on lock. Well said. Yep. Cause, and, and that is another great point to answer Aaron's question. That's another utility you can draw from this season, whether it ends up as a success in the standings or not, you're going to know a lot more about drew lock by the time this season's all said and done. And if it ends up being what you learned about lock ain't good, well, the good news is you're probably going to have a top five, top 10 pick at worst if if what you find out about Locke this year ends up being not good. And you can revisit what it means to start over at that position. And I don't think that's going to happen for what it's worth, but that's a possibility. Naj jumping in. Naj Altaf, name welcome. we don't recognize. Yeah, welcome, my friend. Appreciate Thank your you. generosity and support. Been listening to you, brothers, for a few months now. Greatly appreciate the positivity and insight. Well, thank you. Really hope Locke plays this week, if healthy. Love the D-line pickups this week and the linebacker, Nigel Bradham. Thoughts? Yeah, so 
it's kind of a, and thank you, my friend, for the kind words, for the support and appreciate your, uh, your loyalty to the show. It really means a lot to us. It's kind of been a weird week in terms of not only do the Broncos sign Nigel Bradham to the practice squad, a guy that, you know, weird pound on the table for a, a month and a, or so back to go to the active roster. He's going to the practice squad, at least short term. And then they revisit Sylvester Williams, a Super Bowl 50 hero. They bring back Darius Kilgo also on that Super Bowl 50 squad. And it's very unique circumstances, but it's just been that kind of a weird year of the Broncos, Zach. Yeah, and I want to see Timmy Jernigan get more playing time. He played one snap against the Jets. I mean, that's a former second-round pick with a bunch of career starts. He he played really well in Philadelphia. I want to see him. I want to see Sylvester Williams, and I want to see Nigel Bradham play. He should be on the active roster. As soon as he learns the playbook, he should be on the active roster. He is probably already their best well-rounded three-out inside linebacker, so he will make a difference. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about Bradham is he, it might take him a week or so to get the playbook under his belt to where the t- coaches trusted to throw him out there. But once he does get that, he's a he's a he's an ace coverage guy. He might yeah. not be the best coverage linebacker in the league, but he's certainly better, far better than anything the Broncos currently have, including Mark Barron, who's on injured reserve. Jay Ritchie, good to see you, my friend. Give our best Thank to, you, give our best to uh, Ariel. Appreciate you guys. What's up, fellas? Zach, love the optimism. Do you really believe the GOAT of coaching with game film on Rippon will lose to Denver? Talking about Belichick. If Locke is cleared, got to go. Got to go with him. If Locke's cleared to play, he's saying you got to play him. Listen, crazier things have happened. Bill Belichick has lost to worse quarterbacks. He's lost worse games. This is not, I'm not scared of Belichick. I'm not scared of the of the Patriots. They're, they're not this dynasty anymore. They're not these big bad monsters. They are invincible, not invincible. They can be beaten, and they have been beaten. I'm not saying Rippon's going to win the game. If the Broncos are to win, they're going to hide Brett Rippon. They're going to run the ball with Melvin Gordon, Phillip Lindsay, get it in short crossers, and no, no offense out, but hopefully Hamler plays or uh, you know Jerry Judy. They have some other weapons on offense still. Play really good defense against the Patriots, bad quarterbacks, and you have a chance. That just reminded me of this. Is here's a little anecdote for you guys. Okay, breaking some of the tension here with some serious topics on tonight's show with Vaughn and Drew and the season and all that. You said that the Patriots are no longer invincible. They're very vincible, right? It sounded good. So it, it does sound good, and I love it. And here's why I love it. Made me crack a smile and a little a little giggle under my breath. But growing up, uh, there was a family in my neighborhood who who called, uh, you know, all right, I'll just say it. They called a fart. They called it a Vince, okay? And so <laughs> when, I, when I hear that, so, sorry for the potty humor here tonight on the Huddle Up podcast, but I hear Vincible and my mind just goes back to that. And I think Judas, but anyway, never, never, nevertheless, thank you for bringing some, some joy to my life. Zach. Happy to do it. Let's grab Kenneth Booker jumping in. Uh, appreciate you, Kenneth. Thank you. And this is a guy been with us a long time and really appreciate your support on super chat. Seriously, bro. He says I'm fishing and some people rode up on their bikes <clears throat> through a huge object in the water as they made a stupid Instagram video, now I'm Miller mad. Man, that's no good. If you're trying to fish and they're upsetting the water and scaring away the fish, that's no good, my friend. You might need to pick another spot because, yeah, dude, that's that's bad fishing juju for sure. This reminded me of uh, the Von Miller shark. Uh, what was it? The the shark fin? In, what, what He caught some no. fish off the coast. What was the fish? The hammerhead we, shark? It was a shark, but it was a legal fish. It, was, it wasn't legal to catch that fish. 
I uh, I remember having to write about that, like 500 words on his fishing expedition. It was just a little side note on the Von Miller stuff tonight. Indeed. Um, all right, one more, I think, and then we got to get out of here for tonight, gang. Been a great conversation. Thanks to each and every one of you for spending some yes. time with us here tonight. Willie jumping in, another name that is not uh, familiar on Super Chat. Thank you. Welcome. Appreciate you. I think the team has top five rushing potential. We have 2,000-yard Pro Bowl running backs on this team. It would help our young quarterbacks big time. Hashtag coaching, coaching, and I'll add one more. Coaching. Coaching. Zach, guess what? He's winner, winner, chicken dinner. You said the Broncos need to run the ball down the Patriots' throat if they're going to have a chance on the road. That's true with or without Drew Locke. And the good news is help is on the way. Philip Lindsay, good to go. He's playing this week against the uh, Patriots. So you're going to have both healthy Gordon and Lindsay. We've only seen two weeks of that, or excuse me, two quarters of that up to this point. We still don't really know how a Gordon and Lindsay game is going to shake out together. All we can assume and hope at this point is that it's it means nothing but good for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, it's not a preference. The Broncos, you know, we would like to see them run the ball well. It's a requirement if they're going to beat New England on Sunday. At New England, against Bill Belichick, even with Jared Simmons quarterback, you have to run the ball, you have to score points, and you have to control time of possession. If they can do that, they stand a good chance of winning this game. Amen. All right, guys, we got to bounce out. Let me just check one more here. All right, we're good. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for spending some time with us here tonight at the Huddle Up podcast. And a mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. We love you. And to our Facebook supporters. Love you guys. Make sure that you are following the podcast on Twitter, as you can see here, at Huddle Up Pod. And then also the main account, at Mile High Huddle. Those two accounts, you got them followed. You're not going to miss anything pod or Broncos related and whatever you do. Make sure you follow my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen, and then our producer. You know him. You love him. Buona Beast, a.k.a. John Cronenberg. You can find him on Twitter, and he's a great follow. Trust on that. He's a great follow. At John K, K-A-Y. MHH at John K MHH. But guys, we're not done for the week. Zach and I will be back in the saddle tomorrow night, mile high mailbag style. So bring your questions. If we didn't get to your comment, your question, your topic, whatever, bring it tomorrow. And Zach and I will try our darndest to get to you tomorrow night for sure. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, what's the other one? Twitch. So until then, Zach, have a have a great Wednesday night. We'll reconvene tomorrow. Yes, sir. And uh, hopefully we'll have more than just Von Miller to talk about tomorrow. We have some mailbag questions and other Broncos practice. Maybe Locke getting closer to playing. We'll know tomorrow. Indeed. Indeed. We'll uh, hopefully get some feedback on how he felt at practice today, how he felt when he woke up Thursday. So lots more to anticipate and break down leading up to the Patriots game on Sunday. So we'll bounce and dip for now. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will see you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain. 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. 
These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 